Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the, the latest installation of the Coffee Time Talks hosted by Advisor. Uh, today, we'll be discussing the exciting news coming from Canada about the government's decision to reopen Canadian borders for international students. Uh, and we'll be looking specifically on the opportunities this represents for European students. Uh, it is my pleasure uh, and my honor to be joined today by uh, Nadine Rugani, the Sales and Marketing Manager for ILSC. How are you, Nadine? I'm, you? Uh, I'm actually doing really well. It's can't complain. It's sunny, uh, um, beautiful kind of winter day with blue skies. So even though I'm under full lockdown here in France, in southern France, um, I have to say I'm, I stayed pretty positive. So <laughs> I'm doing really well. And I'm excited uh, to be doing this. It's our first ever kind of co-hosted uh, webinar with uh, Advisor and uh, with Jamie and I. And I really love the format, you know, that we're not just doing a presentation that I think everybody is kind of getting tired of in these uh, days. Uh, looking at yet another PowerPoint. So we won't do this. We'll just have a conversation. And so, uh, and we'd like you to actively participate, you know, put your questions in the chat box and, uh, and uh, yeah, engage. And I'm really excited to see uh, that so many of my agents are, are present here. So this is really awesome. Well, I, I know we're all really excited to have you here. So thanks again, Nadine, for your, your support and participation. Uh, Advisor and ILSC have been collaborating for several years now. Uh, and as Nadine mentioned, uh, we're trying to do something a little bit different, trying to avoid perhaps the more traditional presentations. Uh, today's Coffee Time Talk will be a more of a conversational format between uh, Nadine and myself as we focus on the news from Canada and again, its impact for European students. Um, just before we jump into the conversation, just uh, a disclaimer on, on our part. Mm -hmm. uh, we are going to touch upon some subjects relating to uh, immigration uh, around Canada and what that means for European students. It's important to recognize that neither Nadine nor I are, are authorities on this subject. Uh, and this is a subject that is in constant evolution and change, uh, as we all uh, are in constant adaption to the, the latest COVID situation. So what we are saying is uh, true as of this moment when we talk about these uh, you know, regulations and changes. And we will also be sharing with everyone participating in this webinar, uh, we'll be sharing uh, a video of the recording for your reference uh, and also some documentation from our partners in Languages Canada, which should hopefully clarify and give a bit more direction when it comes to the latest, uh, the latest news and regulations around immigration specifically. Uh, to Canada. So now that we've got that this disclaimer out the way, <laughs> uh, let's begin with the coffee time talk. So um, welcome everybody, and uh, and welcome Nadine. Um, so. 2020, as we all know, has been a year of unprecedented challenges, um, and it's it's been a turbulent year. Uh, so let's begin, Nadine, if you'd like to give us an indication of what ILSC have been doing uh, in response to these challenges. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> you know, if you had told me at the beginning of this year where we would be now, I would, I would never have believed you. You know, no, I think all of us, I mean, our agents, the other school partners, we all in those same shoes uh, to be kind of flabbergasted at the situation we went through and how long uh, all of this lasted. And uh, I think that's why, uh, why I'm so glad that there's finally a light at the end of the tunnel and uh, that uh, Canada is setting a really positive sign in, in realizing the importance of international education as an essential travel reason. And so here they're really saying, okay, if you're serious about your studies uh, abroad, you are allowed to come in. And I think that is just bringing so much, so much like, like a spark of fresh hope uh, that we all so much need at this point, because I think all of us have just been avalanched by too many, you know, just negative news uh, over and over and over again. So, so here, finally, I mean, what we all want to do is to close sales and, uh, and to, to, to continue sustaining our businesses. And uh, I think this is really a step in the right direction. So uh, maybe that's why I'm very smiley today <laughs> and why I'm feeling a, a lot more positive than, uh, you know, uh, about uh, uh, months ago. Yeah, I, I think um, we, we all have that feeling that the news from Canada does give us some much needed positive. Um, and, and looking back to 2020, Nadine, uh, what have been some of the, the challenges that ILSC have not I mean, it has been a roller coaster, like I think for, for everybody. Um, and uh, what I really felt happened at ILSC in all of this, I was quite impressed that that we did keep a cool head in all of this. And after all, uh, as much as, I, as you sometimes may uh, hear me complain, uh, we are run by finance professionals at uh, the top management. 
And uh, this has been so, so, so helpful. I've never been gladder about this than in this time of crisis because it has uh, been very helpful in assuring our financial stability throughout this crisis. So yes, we had to downsize, um, but we are financially healthy and strong. And uh, and I know we will make it through this. And uh, that's really giving, giving me strength. Now, some of the things that we have done during the crisis, uh, um, you know, all of us at some point, uh, things have gotten a lot less busy after we have been through the first whole uh, role of, of postponements and cancellations and dealing with the actual impact of the situation. But then there was a phase when things were very quiet, actually. And we we're kind of sitting, uh, you know, looking at our inbox. It was almost like a dream for a few days, thinking, wow, it's finally manageable. But of course, at some point, you start getting really depressed because there are no new inquiries coming in and all of that. And so we've really, I feel we really used that time during the slow time, during the crisis to, um, to evolve our digital and online capabilities. Um, that includes offering online classes, that includes having set up everybody for, for remote work. It includes uh, simulcasting classes, so kind of like a hybrid solution where students can, uh, can now join in person in our courses. But if they wish to, they could join the same course online. So we've gone into all this uh, technology right now. We've developed uh, a digital uh, agent brochure rather than a print one. Um, and we have a brand new and enhanced website and involved also the curriculum. So there has been a lot of work going on in the background. And what I feel really happened also um, more than ever is that we have aligned kind of collective resources across the various locations. As you know, we are in, in Canada, in uh, Australia, and in India. And so there's, you know, always a kind of time difference. And at times when times are really busy, uh, there's a tendency that everybody is doing their own thing. And here I really felt that it was a much more collective approach to streamline our services. So, and one thing that I, I'd say that I'm really proud of is that uh, despite the crisis and despite definitely uh, largely reduced budgets, we have continued to give back to um, our communities through uh, a bunch of uh, CSR um, initiatives. So CSR for us, we preferred not to say corporate social responsibility, but more community social responsibility. And uh, so there have been many initiatives locally and globally across ILSE and Greystone College. Um, and I'm really proud. Yeah. And so as we look into 2021, at this point, I can say uh, we remain really along with the rollout of uh, the vaccine that's kind of, you know, on the horizon now, that this will continue to be... To give student access to these uh, pathway programs or to give them access to Greystone particularly. Yeah. Um, is, is that something you've seen reflected in, in demand? I mean, I, I still have to say, I mean, obviously, I think all of us are on the same page. Online learning is not the same as in-person learning. I think we're all in the business of... Uh, you know, of saying the, the really the, the sales point for all of us is full immersion, right? That's how you truly can learn a language and that's what makes a difference. But what we've seen in terms of demand really is that that has been a successful approach to say we don't just offer yet the, you know, yet another online offer like so many and where you're not really bound to a certain location. But here it's truly a pathway. So you, you can start online from home while you're waiting for your visa while you're waiting to uh, you know for for things to ease down you don't have to you don't have to feel paralyzed you can already start your study journey uh, in the comfort of your home and then continue this on uh, upon arrival so our vision is not that you know uh, that will keep students just for online learning uh, i think that's not really very realistic uh, you know there are very good providers out there who do just that at, at low prices. That is not our approach, but the approach is to really channel them uh, into the programs we offer, where eventually they end up coming uh, to Canada. And if you do, as long as you continue at some point um, in this kind of hybrid uh, model, as long as you continue at some point in person, in country, then you have already kind of started your coursework online, you continue in person, and then you can do your, your co-op uh, work experience at the end. So what's really nice is this, it um, the general kind of trend we're seeing across markets as uh, 
students look for for more uh, long term higher education solutions or, or options. We, we you know we have a, a unique view of the industry and how it works. We have thousands of agencies creating quotations. Um, constantly and, and we've, we've actually seen an increase in the average course duration mm-hmm. uh, created in those quotations trend uh, globally but speaking about uh, western europe as we all know uh, you know in the past um, the main demand was for really short-term programs that would be the the vast majority of the bookings i would get from the western european markets three four weeks maybe six switzerland a bit more but uh, you know kind of your typical short-term uh, language studies and that has completely shifted and it's really it's really amazing to see also how the market adapts um, and how the demands uh, actually uh, get very very different so my my daily life now uh, in terms of the inquiries I, uh, I answer in my daily work are entirely different from still maybe a year or two ago um, I have seen that trend towards you know vocational studies and towards work and study as a program that has grown over the past few years very strongly in Europe. But uh, but now I could say, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't have the exact statistics here, but just from a, from a gut feeling, I'd say probably 80% of my day is right now spent on answering Greystone College inquiries um, and really long-term programs. And that's very, very interesting. And I think it is something that has uh, has become so popular because um, we are attracting more career-focused students. And it's really uh, something where, um, you know, where all agents too, that makes a difference. Because just a, a normal language course, well, if you go for just a few weeks, that's something easy to book online. But something like Greystone College still does need a bit more of counseling effort from our agencies. Students that engage in such a long-term program, they have more questions before they actually make that decision. And that's where the agents really have a, a, a huge importance. So, uh, And then it enables our students to come back home um, with a whole new set of skills that make them a lot more employable. Again, I think after this corona crisis, with the unemployment rates going up, and especially in countries like, like, like Spain, like Italy, where this is very, very strong uh, for the young, whole set of newly accomplished soft skills and a diploma and a foreign work experience, that's just, uh, that just puts you ahead of other applicants when you, when you look for a new job. So I think that's, that's a very strong point. And we get really, like you're saying, Jamie, more and more interest in that uh, from the Western European market. If you had asked me five years ago, I would not have seen, I would never have predicted that the percentage of Greystone bookings would be. Um, for, for an agency who, who perhaps is, is less familiar with, with Greystone or, or less familiar with these types of programs, um, what would be your recommendation? You know, how can they start working with ILS? Yeah, I think uh, the, the best way there is to just really get in touch with me uh, directly because um, I'm in the same time zone. I'm very happy uh, to do to do trainings and to really take my agents by the hand and guide them through the process of how to um, sign up uh, students for vocational studies. Um, it does need a different set of training. It's very true because uh, this kind of vocational studies, we don't have that system in Europe, right? So in order to be able to sell this to your students, I think it takes, um, we really need to identify the right clientele. We need to look at what kind of students the particular agency attracts, what the target group is, uh, you know, is it more like a work and study target group, is it more a target group of after high school type of gap year. So, so it really varies how we can find the students and attract them. But I'm definitely uh, very, very happy to, to, to be there, to train, to guide my agents uh, through, and certainly to, to take you by the hand uh, for the first few Greystone bookings, because certainly they're, they're, they're the questions coming up that we didn't anticipate before. And for me, this is exciting too, because uh, I've been with uh, ILSC for a very long time. I'm kind of inventory. <laughs> this has been 24 years now. And for me, that is that is new too, you know, to get into into those areas. And it's a challenge and it's exciting. So I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. I mean, just as we were saying before, we, we, we connected online uh, mm-hmm. with everyone today. 2020 feels like an exercise in, in, in adaptation. 
constantly for, for both schools, for, for agencies uh, here at Advisor, it's been the same. Um, it's been a, a constant lesson in how we could adapt as quickly as possible. And I think that this change in, in trend of seeing more higher education demand is a, a great opportunity for, for us to all learn new skills, right? And to, and to work out how we can adapt to the new demand we're seeing from our students. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's it's definitely happening, and I think all of us. I mean, this came up in, in one of the previous uh, um, webinars that you had just done. I uh, reviewed them yesterday <laughs> with uh, with Ben and with uh, Diego Sanchez from uh, Languages Canada, and uh, what was interesting there, Diego, uh, he talked a lot about the need of being flexible and really kind of moving moving with the times. Jamie and I just had to talk about this uh, before this. Uh, before this presentation here, or before our dialogue. And I think this is really the key. It's uh, all of us, as long as we can can stay adaptable to the new realities and, and flexible and kind of find a new niche for ourselves, I think we will we will survive and go on. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you provided a very nice segue for my next question, Nadine. So thank <laughs> you. Um, so you, you mentioned the, the panels that we've been running uh, mm-hmm. in Advisor. So we um, ran over the last three weeks, two panels talking in more detail about what the news from Canada uh, really means for our industry. Um, just to recap, for anyone who's not aware, on Friday, the, the 2nd of October, uh, the news hit the industry that Canada is reopening its borders for international students. Since then, there have been a series of updates uh, about the new DLIs, which are designated learning institutions who have had a COVID plan approved by the Canadian government. Essentially, this allows these schools uh, to, to begin receiving applications, begin working with international students. Um, in Advisor, we've uh, introduced a green uh, icons, a green tick icon and a Canadian flag next to the DLIs that are approved to help agencies in, in recognizing which schools currently have their, their COVID plan in place and approved. Um, it, it's very exciting news. I, I know we're going to break this down a little bit together, Nadine. Um, I guess my first question for you would be, uh, what has the, the initial impact of these regulations been on ILSC? How has the, how has the school responded? Yeah, you mean how, how uh, we have responded to the fact that we are on the DLI list or or to the fact that the government opened up the borders? Well, I mean, first, maybe it'd be nice to hear your your, your, your own take on, on what you think this news means for, for the industry. And then we can look into a bit more detail about ILSC. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is, uh, as I mentioned in the very beginning, I think it's a major step to, to really um, showing the importance of international education. Uh, and uh, uh, as I was mentioning at the beginning, the fact that the Canadian government um, sees that and actually puts something in place that enables all of us to, to continue providing international education for our students, both for us as a school and for the agents uh, sending students over, I think this is massive. I think this is really a complete trendsetter. And unfortunately, there haven't been many countries <laughs> at this stage who have taken this step. So Canada is quite quite unique there. And I'm, I'm very happy, obviously, that this has happened. And and what I can feel is uh, the week, actually, around October 20th, when this announcement was made, um, I felt a complete change of, of uh, the type of emails I was getting, the type of calls I was getting, the type of positiveness that we all needed so much. And so that's why it's very meaningful to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just just talking about that, we we in Advisor, we actually see we saw in the week uh, following that announcement by the Canadian government, 60 percent increase in uh agency quotations for Canada. Wow. Uh, usually agency quotations come directly from student demand, right? So yeah. it's nice to also see that impact. Uh, there's demand from the students, which is being responded to by the agency. And, and, and as you're saying there, Nadine, a much needed boost of positivity uh, mm-hmm. to, to end the year. I mean, within within ILSC, what has uh, your, your response looked like uh, as a school to this news? Yeah. I mean, we've been we've been very very busy uh, to to work along with Languages Canada um, on this uh, travel safe package um, that uh, Languages Canada has established, which is part of the Study Safe Corridor, um, and it basically means it's it's a really complete solution that has been developed by Languages Canada that the, the member schools um, have adopted. 
So that, uh, so that all applies to the two-week uh, quarantine that is mandatory at the stage uh, um, when you come to study in Canada. But uh, so all the necessary safety precautions um, in school, be it with the social distancing, the sanitizers and masks and common spaces, etc., etc. All of this uh, really has been uh, very, very detailed requirements that we were able to work out along with Languages Canada. Um, you find it all in the news section uh, of our of our agent resource site. So you see all the quarantine packages, the pricing, the inclusions. There's a full video uh, of what to expect when the student comes and sets foot the first day into ILSC or Greystone College. Um, uh, there's an extensive quarantine guide, all of this. So we have actually been very busy establishing all of this, but also establishing that those kind of quarantine plans um, that needed to be submitted to our provincial governments to then get approved for that famous uh, DLI uh, list. Now, of course, DLI, the Designated Learning Institution uh, list, that we, we are, of course, accredited as DLI institutions already. So it's not a question of being accredited. It's a question if uh, those DLI institutes, um, if their quarantine uh, plan, that travel safe package has actually been approved first by the provincial and then by the federal uh, Canadian government. And that has been a, a whole procedure. So uh, that took actually <laughs> quite a bit of effort to go into all those details, to submit that, then to wait for the response of the provincial government who, you know, in some cases wanted further amendments to provide those and then to get this basically. Uh, yeah, so talking of the, the, you know, how you process is according to the, the province, we were mentioning earlier that uh, at present, both uh, ILSC, Greystone, uh, Montreal and Vancouver are uh, approved, you know, COVID plans in place as DLI yeah. institutions. Um, yeah. This is not the case yet for Toronto. Yeah, um, that's mean that, uh, you know, applications can't be sent and the business can't be generated for ILSC Toronto. So maybe comment on that and try to clarify for everyone what that really means for the agency. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's, it's been uh, it's been a bit frustrating to tell you the truth that uh, Toronto is not on the list yet because it was in fact our first school to submit that quarantine safe package. So we kind of expected that it would be the first to be approved. We also had the feedback uh, then from the provincial government that. Uh, you know, if anything is missing in the quarantine plan or they're not satisfied with it, they will let you know. So this actually has gone through the hoops and everything was fine. And so we expected to just be on the list. But the, the reality is that Ontario has so many um, DLI uh, institutions in the language school sector and the uh, public sector, you know, universities, public colleges, uh, etc., private colleges as well, that they're just uh, backlogged. So at this point, um, what's happening is that uh, Ontario is favoring the, the public sector. Um, and so we're still waiting to get uh, on the list uh, with Toronto. But um, it's, and then I get, you know, I keep getting questions from my agents. How come you're not on there yet? And what does it mean? And, and, and what kind of repercussions does it have? So quite frankly, yes, it's frustrating we are not on the list. But really, it doesn't make a very big difference at this stage because we know, <laughs> we know, uh, of course, I can't guarantee this uh, at this stage, but we know we'll be on the list. Uh, there's no question about it. It's a matter of time. Um, it doesn't really make a difference for you and your students to book um, our Toronto school our, or our Toronto Greystone College because uh, as it currently is, uh, in order to get the student visa approved, uh, this will take a bit of time. And by the time the student visa will be approved, we are positive will be on the list. So, you know, don't don't wait and don't think that uh, you have to wait until we get on the list. You can rest assured we are, you know, the, the whole process uh, uh, is running. We have submitted the plan and, uh, and it will be accepted. Um, it's a matter of time, but it, I don't anticipate that it will take a very, very long time. By the time the student visa is approved, I'm pretty positive that we should be on the list. But the truth is, yes, your student can only travel um, to Toronto once we are on that approved list. So that here, yes, you would have to wait that we get on the list, but nothing should stop you from 
enrolling and from applying for the study permit because we are a DLI approved institution. We just have to get on that DLI uh, quarantine travel safe package list. Yeah. Okay. Does that I make sense? I mean, did I explain that? Okay. It, it, it makes it makes perfect sense to me. If if any of the attendees have any questions, I, mm. I, I should have mentioned this at the beginning. Please do register any questions you have in the chat, and we will be uh, you know coming back around to questions at the end of the <clears throat> at the end of the the chat between uh, Nadine and I. Um, so I mean, I think the, the 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 really encouraging point there for agencies is that all three uh, destinations for ILSC in Canada are essentially receiving applications at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, and that the DLI approval or the the COVID plan approval from Toronto is in in the process of being uh, reviewed, right? With the yeah. expectation that it'll be accepted soon. Yeah, maybe maybe one more note to make. Uh, as you say, we are receiving applications. Just to say, because I was I was kind of blown away when I checked the the, the numbers uh, just a few days ago. Um, I was curious of how many students we actually currently have in our schools. <laughs> so, so for the ILSC Education Group. And uh, I, I don't know, take, take a wild guess, Jamie. We haven't discussed this. I know this uh, question comes completely unprepared, but take a wild guess. What would you think across the group, you know, the, the eight schools and colleges? Across the group, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be terrified to, to guess poorly and to have this uh, recording shown back to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wave my, wave my right to guess. <laughs> okay, so okay, that's fine. <laughs> I haven't prepared to do a poll here on, on, on Zoom with the agents, but uh, I, I did this uh, just in, in some calls with agents. And I mean, when I was asked, I was completely off. But we got 4,499 students in classes right now. And so that I find is really, uh, wow, this blew me away. I thought it was way, way less than that, given, you know, the crisis and given the, the, the still largely closed borders in Australia and, uh, and, and, and Canada. Yes, things are moving now, but, but that's very recent. So, um, so this is, I find, very encouraging. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to, <laughs> this just came up, so I just wanted to make this comment. And maybe one more comment, because I spoke about the visa processing just before. Um, I know a lot of our agents are worried about the long visa processing times. You know, when you check on the IRCC website uh, and it gives you an average time of how long the visa process takes for the particular country you check for. Um, right now, like when I checked for, for most of the Western European countries, uh, I've just did kind of, I just went across Germany, Switzerland, Austria, France, Belgium, uh, etc. Um, Italy, Spain. So I checked those countries and on average, it says four to five months, more or less, as a visa processing time. Now, it's important to keep in mind that those are historic data. And in fact, uh, Diego Sanchez from uh, Languages Canada, in your previous webinar, <laughs> he, uh, he uh, explained this very well. Those are historic data uh, that um, the Canadian uh, immigration kind of bases those estimations on. But now that things have opened up and a lot of visa uh, application centers are opened again, um, of course, they're working through the backlog. And uh, the experience shows that uh, for the most part, it is much, much, much faster than those four to five months. So that's, again, another word of encouragement. Don't let this uh, backset you thinking, oh, my God, I can't book a student before next summer. It actually, uh, yeah. At this stage, uh, it should be a lot quicker than four to five months. I, I think that's really, really encouraging news. Um, I, I'm also very glad that I didn't guess a number for the the students. <laughs> it would have been your gut off. feeling. Yeah, my gut feeling was completely off too. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm glad I I stayed quiet on that one. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so you mentioned earlier, you know, um, really flexibility being the name of the game at the moment. Uh, it's a mm. constantly evolving situation uh, for schools, for agencies, for everyone involved and um, you know what would you say to agencies about how to approach the application uh, you know process being flexible um, you know is I, is ILSC allowing uh, you know flexibility around start dates what are some of the things that you guys are doing to support agencies adapting to the updates in the situation yeah yeah of course I mean if you if you apply f- uh, for a student visa now and uh, the visa is not processed on time and let's say you have set a start date for uh, for February uh, 2021 
and you're still waiting for the visa, it's absolutely no problem to postpone the, the start dates. There's no penalty. There's no fee involved in that. And also, if you have booked the quarantine package those first two weeks, um, and should the government waive this, this requirement, again, that package can be canceled at, at absolutely no fee. So if you have booked this and, and already paid for this, this will be refunded in full. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I think that's something we see uh, talking to agencies so much is, is that sending a booking or sending an application, which used to be such a routine uh, process, uh, now comes with a lot of questions. Uh, you know, that we're looking for more assurance. And yeah. And, and, and I think it's, it, we're trying to encourage through this type of conversation is to really encourage the communication between the agency and the school to best guide the student, right? And, yeah. and I think Nadine's giving a, a great example of how, how willing she'll be to kind of guide people through that process and, and really kind of adapting to the latest as, as we yeah. all are. At the moment. Yeah, and by the way, maybe one thing I didn't mention, we, we do offer a no-risk booking as well. So let's say you have a booking and you've paid the uh, the uh, registration fee, the $150, um, be it for ILSE or for Greystone College, and the student ends up cancelling because they just, you know, because they can't postpone the, the study dates. I think at this stage, we'll more likely have students who, who, who know that there is a possibility that they need to postpone, who bring that flexibility. But sometimes you may have a student who can't because whatever military service starts after or, you know, or university and they already know they got, in, got the, the study place. So they cannot postpone and, uh, and the border is still not fully open to, you know, whatever their study purpose is because of COVID. Uh, they can cancel without any any cancellation fee. So there will be no penalty. And that's, again, another thing to encourage you to really come through with the bookings. Really, really assuring. Um, we, we have had a few st questions uh, started to come in from Patricia and from Christina as well. Mm -hmm. um, we'll get around to the questions uh, just at the end of the, the, the coffee time chat. Uh, we are against the clock, Nadine. So I'm, I'm going to try to to move the conversation on a little bit. Uh, as we start looking towards uh, 2021, the year to come, I think we're all sick of 2020. So um, <laughs> maybe you could share with the attendees um, some of the plans that ILSE has in place for the year to come and some things to look forward to. Yeah. But basically, you know, as I mentioned before, we have those uh, those hybrid solutions for, for online as well as simulcasted classes, but also all our schools are open. So, you know, we, we are welcoming students, you know, in person <laughs> into the schools. This is already happening. So, um, and that those kind of hybrid solutions uh, will also continue to be offered in 2021 um, until really all travel restri uh, restrictions will be lifted. So uh, we are prepared to, to keep this going for quite a while. Um, we are ready with new Greystone College programs. Uh, maybe you got my, my newsletter recently uh, about uh, two brand new uh, programs that are offered as of February 15th. Um, in digital marketing, um, so a di two digital marketing diploma, one in social media and one uh, in website management and design. And we really feel that there's a lot of demand uh, in those areas and a lot of work opportunities as well, um, right on site in Canada. So for those students who do it as a co-op, who add that uh, work experience, uh, there are plenty of opportunities um, to get paid jobs and to really kind of gain that professional experience. And we are very excited. Uh, I, I already received uh, a few bookings from Europe for those, brand, for those brand new programs that we just shared. And again, that encourages me a lot. Yeah. Wonderful. I, I would be amiss here if I didn't point out that all ILSC programs, new and old, uh, Greystone, ILSC, everything is available for agencies to access in Advisor. Uh, and this is information that's updated directly by our ILSC to, to feed uh, the, their agency network. So um, part of the collaboration between Nadine and myself and the ILSC and Advisor does consist of supporting agencies with access to this information, to pricing, to program details and everything yeah. else. And I would like to ask you, Jamie, uh, what yeah. about the future plans at uh, Advisor? Because we've spoken a lot about uh, ILSE and Grayson College now, but how about you guys? Because you're very, very active in this whole, you know, in this whole uh, time right now. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's, it's been a really crazy year for everybody. Uh, 
I think if we are to look at silver linings, the positives we can take out of mm-hmm. what we've learned from this year, um, I think one thing is that everyone has had to look at technology, you know, embracing solutions for technology in the same way that this coffee time talk uh, maybe wouldn't have happened a year ago. It would have been mm-hmm. an in-person event with, uh, you know, uh, bringing people into a hotel reception. I think everyone's had to adapt and learn how to use technology to maintain communications, to maintain partnerships. Um, and then essentially, that's given us uh, the opportunity here at Advisor to look at the tech solutions that we provide for agencies and schools and, and really focus on how we can make those solutions better, make them more efficient. Um, and with the, we just acquired uh, Education Link, uh, an Australian-based software. We have a lot of exciting plans for next year about implementing some of their solutions into Advisor's technology um, and, and bringing that to our agency network. So that's as much as I can say at the moment, but we have some really exciting uh, plans moving forward. Um, and we also will have someone new joining our team uh, in Western Europe to support our agency network. Again, I can't say much about this at the moment, but there's going to be some news coming soon, uh, reaching agencies about who their new direct contact will be uh, in the advisor uh, family. Can you say which country he or she will be based in? I, I think I can do that. Yes, yeah, so she'll be based in, in Spain, uh, but looking after everyone based in, in Western Europe. So uh, re- really exciting. Yeah, we, we can't wait for 2021 to kick off and to, and to keep pushing forward. Um, there'll be more coffee time talks such as this. And we hope to have you back on as well, Nadine, if you'd, uh, if you'd be so kind. Pleasure, pleasure for sure. You know, <clears throat> I like coffee, even though I'm drinking tea today. So maybe next time I'll prepare a nice cappuccino. <laughs> for this talk yeah <clears throat> so this is great and and maybe one That's last not- question to you i mean you talked about uh you know how you're going into 2021 and the f- future plans um if i could ask you what you have learned from this pandemic is there is there something like that you could share on a personal level and maybe on a on a business level what this has brought you yeah um so i think um on a, on a personal level it's been it's been a challenging year for everybody uh you know uh, I, i like a lot of people i was used to go to the office to seeing my you know my, my team to seeing my colleagues on a daily basis uh, i think we've all learned how to be better connected without necessarily seeing each other in person. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, we, we keep coming back to this idea of adaptation and flexibility. Hmm. I, I think it's been a year of everyone just learning, you know, that really key skill of how to adapt and how to maintain and how to survive, right? It's It's yeah. been a very challenging year. And I think um, if there's one thing that we've all got better at, that's probably a, a, a shared skill that we've all developed. Yeah. And, and I think really just the importance of partnerships, um, you know, doing an event like this, uh, you know, virtual workshops, uh, connecting on a platform like Advisor. I, I think we've really kind of looked at how can we support the the school partner, uh, the school agency partnership in that relationship? How does that be maintained? You know, because Nadine, you're, you're a great example. I mean, we met uh, one year ago in uh, an IALCA workshop in Rome, right? Which which used to be the norm. You, you travel to visit agencies, you travel to visit partners, and that's not anymore we've had to adapt um so so maybe you're in a better position to to you know to speak on this i mean what's what's changed for you this year what have you learned well on a <laughs> on a personal level i could say uh being patient and that is something that I would not say I have learned it's not exactly my strength so uh, I'm still working on this um, but certainly this has been a year where, where patience and endurance and resilience uh, was a very important kind of personal skill also uh, I don't even know if I would call it a skill but just just something to really work through and work with and yeah that work is not finished um, also the importance of staying positive um, and I really felt very supported, uh, be it by, by my agents, be it by my colleagues, be it, uh, you know, we're all in the same boat. And it's really been amazing to, to, to see that everybody has gone above and beyond uh, in their commitment to keep things going. And I think that is one thing that, that I take out of this on a very personal level where I feel um, this kind of cooperation internally and externally has been really touching. And uh, you mentioned that, Jamie, that uh, uh, the relationship between schools and agents, I feel that has become closer than ever, uh, simply because we've all felt so... uh, 
you know, so, so we are squeezed by the situation that we often would pick up the phone, that everybody sitting at home feeling a little lonely, you know, there was much more um, communication, less email, more personal communication than ever before. And yes, because we are missing those personal visits, which is sad, and I do miss those, but uh, I do feel in terms of being in touch with my agents, that has been stronger than ever before. So that's very positive. And that's something that I would like to continue. And I, I really do see the value in that. Mm. Well, absolutely. I think that's a really, uh, a really positive note and, and a, a, probably a good place for us to, to bring this, this chat to. And, uh, as we end on a positive note, looking forward to 2021, having reviewed some of the, the challenges faced this year and some of the updates uh, focused on, on Canada, we, we do have the chat box open with a few questions, which I'm going to, these are all things we've touched upon, Nadine, but if you don't mind, I'll direct the questions to you just so you can give an, an overview mm -hmm. for the attendees. Um, so the first question from Patricia, and she's asking, uh, well, so ILSC Toronto is not yet approved by uh, as a DLI. Is that correct? That is not correct. We are approved as a DLI, <laughs> but we are not on that so-called DLI approved list. So DLI just means uh, Designated Learning Institute. And that approval, that accreditation, basically, that we've had uh, years and years ago already. So we are approved. Um, but right now, there is this, this kind of famous DLI list, and that means that those DLI-approved institutions um, needed to submit a, a quarantine-safe plan so that, because it's, it's the responsibility of the schools right now to make sure that uh, our students adhere to the quarantine, that they don't leave the, 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 the place, the hotel or a host family uh, where they're quarantined. It's very, very strict for those two weeks. They're, they're basically really locked in. They can't go out. They can't just go to a restaurant or for a nice walk or whatever. They really have to adhere to very strict rules. And in order to ensure those with everything that it entails uh, into little details like having a SIM card, you know, so that they can actually call people and not be isolated, it also entails that they have to have um, an on um, program, an online language program, so that, uh, you know, again, they don't sit at home and, and, and in a new country in a, in a little room and get depressed. So, so all those things, and in some places, um, also a corona test, like this is mandatory in, in Toronto, if I'm not mistaken, but not mandatory in Vancouver, there are provincial differences. So what it means to be on the list is that the quarantine safety plan the school has been approved by the provincial and federal government uh, for the specific, specific DLI. And there, yes, we are still waiting for Toronto. So for that quarantine approved list, and this is, like I said, it's a matter of time because uh, it has been submitted very long ago. And uh, this list is updated every two weeks uh, by IRCC. Um, and so we are always waiting for those Monday evenings, uh, our time here every two weeks to see, whoops, are we on or not? But like I said, uh, it, it doesn't make a big difference in terms of your efforts to, to recruit students because the recruiting process takes a while, the student visa application takes a while. By the time your student will arrive, um, it's very, very, very likely that we will be on that list for with Toronto, both ILSC and Grace. I, I think that's, that's, that's really clear. And um, Patricia has, has said thank you for your, your support with that answer. Um, a question from uh, Christina, who is to confirm whether ILSC Montreal is, has also had the, the DLI uh, COVID plan approved. Um, mm -hmm. She says that she's found uh, Greystone on the list, but not ILSC. If you could provide some... Uh, this, some this is correct, Christina. Wow, you are really going into the details there. This is correct. Um, for <laughs> in Quebec, uh, you know, Quebec always is different with everything. Quebec always makes little nitty-gritty exceptions from the rest of Canada. Um, and what happens in Quebec is that no language school uh, has a DLI. And this is something that, uh, so DLIs are only given to private and public colleges and universities, uh, not to language schools in Quebec. Um, this has never been a problem before, but it is now with those regulations, or we thought it could be, um, because yes, Grayson College is on the DLI approved list for language schools, that's not an option. However, um, in, uh, we've been working on that. And, and in fact, because Grayson College is on that list, 
uh, it's uh, it's not a problem for us to bring in through that accreditation to bring in students uh, also to ILSC. Not only students who book ILSC in order to go to Greystone College Montreal, but also students who come just to ILSC. So that uh, yeah, but very good eyes, very sharp. Uh, it is something that we were in the beginning quite worried about how we would deal with this. And uh, I have, I mean, this was a whole internal uh, discussions uh, how to deal with this. So you can rest assured both ILSE as well as Greystone uh, Montreal are fine to receive students at this point. Fantastic. That's a really, I think it's a really important clarification. So thanks, Nadine. Christine has actually reached out with a follow-up question. Uh, Christine is really on the board uh, saying, talking about Quebec, I guess students still need to apply for the CAQ document currently for the student visa. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, this, they need the CAQ. Um, they even need the CAQ. And I think that leads to Ilaria's question. I've just kind of quickly browsed it. I let you repeat it, Jamie. But uh, the CAQ is uh, um, you get uh, when you want to get a study permit, even if you study less than six months, because this could be the next question. Um, and I let you repeat what Ilaria is asking, uh, Jamie. But so um, <laughs> thank you. Best wishes from Cologne. Uh, thank you, Christina. Um, so the CAQ is necessary to, if you say you study only four months in Montreal, because in order to come in, you have to apply for a study permit. Otherwise, an ETA, uh, as a tourist, you cannot enter Canada at this point and study. You have to have a study permit, but it is possible to get the study permit even if you study less than six months. And that is a document we will share uh, with you, That a document that has been established by Languages Canada. I think this is, again, fabulous new news because in the beginning, we all thought October 20th, this border opening, only for study permit holders. And we all know you need, well, you only get a study permit if you study six months and more in Canada. The IRSCC uh, has seen uh, and has acknowledged the fact that at this point, your purpose in, uh, to come to Canada is really to study. Um, you are obliged to ask for a study permit. And at this point, you can do that even if you study less than six months. There's no minimum. Yeah? In the beginning, I thought, oh, you probably should be close to six months, at least four or five. No, you could study as short as, as you want to. The importance is that you have to apply for a study permit, even if you only come for two weeks. And of course, there's no sense in coming for two weeks because currently the two weeks is a quarantine. So, I, of course, you know, it doesn't make sense at this point for really, really short-term studies. But uh, anything that's a little more substantial where your student is willing to uh, take the quarantine um, requirement, where he or she is willing to apply for the student visa, uh, you can come for eight weeks, for 12 weeks, for 16 weeks, whatever. This is all definitely possible. And if it's Quebec, then you also do need the CAQ, even if it's below six months. Yeah, that's that document uh, with you because I find it very, uh, very useful, very comprehensive. I have passed this on uh, to some of my agents last night, uh, the document. So, Christina, I think you will get it through your intranet, um, but we'll also share it as a follow-up uh, from this webinar here. Yeah, absolutely. Both both ILSC and Advisor are, are mm -hmm. partners with Languages Canada. So, we'll be sharing the you know some some documentation to hopefully shed some more light on, on the latest visa regulations. Um, so, so, Nadine, if I could try to sum up a little bit of, of, of what you were uh, discussing there, um, is it correct to say that basically every application for uh, to study in Canada needs to now be accompanied by an application for the study permit? Is, is that correct? 100%. And to, to answer Ilaria's question here, uh, she's asking if... Uh, um, if students coming just for eight weeks uh, asking for a study permit, if I think there would be difficulties in having the visa approved. So the, the situation is um, IRCC, they have to process the visa application. Even if you apply for just two weeks, it doesn't matter. You apply for a study permit, you click, you check that box that you apply for a study permit, they have to process it no matter what. It doesn't mean they have to approve it, but they have to process it. So that's why we recommend to attach a letter to the, to the study permit application, attach a little letter from the student saying, I know that I'm studying less than six months and that under normal circumstances, I wouldn't need a study permit. However, 
under the current circumstances, I also know um, that I need a study permit in order to enter Canada. Here's my letter of acceptance with the exact study dates, let's say eight weeks. Um, and please do process my study visa, my study permit. Um, my aim, my aim for coming to Canada is essential travel because I do need to improve my language skills or I do, you know, whatever the study goal is, why they will do this and why they apply for the visa for six months. So it's, it's important that they attach this letter, that they explain a little bit their motivation as to why. And then the IRCC, they have to process it. Fantastic. So, so in, in resume, students can apply for shorter programs. Uh, they will need to apply for a study permit in order to do so. And the recommendation is to accompany that application with a letter indicating their, their intent. So, yes, um, correct. And I think it's really important for, for everyone to, to recognize that essentially the, the, the news coming from Canada stems from Canada recognizing uh, travel for uh, learning. As essential, uh, and, and that's that's really the key kind of uh, you know push that's, that's driving this movement forward, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Those are very good questions, and uh, and I think this is another really another big light at the end of the tunnel that we can't only welcome students uh, for six months and more, especially since Europeans tend to book shorter than six months. So there is a whole new opportunity now for, for, for you to recruit, to recruit, well, to resend the pent-up business to, you know, those students who who cancelled during to COVID or, you know, many of them who postponed to actually recontact them and say, hey, you can come in again. You know, this is a whole process also for them starting. And I think for you, a fabulous opportunity to, to, to recruit, well, recruit old business, but turn it again into new business, but also to focus on future students, on brand new students. So both of those possibilities are open. Thank, thanks so much for clarifying, Nadine. Uh, th there are no more questions coming in and uh, we're, we're just approaching the hour mark, which would be a record for a coffee time talk of actually uh, Incredible. perfectly. I think, Nadine, it's uh, your, 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 your German punctuality coming to show here. So thank you very much. It's, it's very so much not, uh, even though I'm German. <laughs> I'm the worst when it comes to punctuality and when it comes to sticking to times. And I think my poor agents know that whenever I have done trainings and I promise them, oh, yeah, we'll be through it in half an hour. And uh, an hour later, we're still talking and still not through. So I'm horrible for that. And I'm really delighted that, wow, on the dot, you know, one hour. This is uh, this is the first ever, I think, in my life. <laughs> That's think, great. Uh, the first for us both. So um, I, I think uh, the, the closing words here would just be to say a huge thank you to everyone who uh, attended uh, a massive thanks to, to Nadine for participating I think it's been a really useful session for everybody I hope it's been uh, useful for the agencies uh, joining us today and uh, this will be the last coffee time talk of 2020 but there will be more news coming soon and hopefully we'll see if we can persuade Nadine to make another appearance in 2021 uh, bring you more updates from the industry so thank you very much uh, and we will be sending uh, an email to everyone in attendance with a recording of the video and with a link to the documents that we mentioned about uh, Languages Canada. Nadine, thank you, Jamie. I haven't uh, thanked you yet because it was actually you who came out with this whole idea, you know, so it was uh, you really the driving force to have this coffee talk and uh, and uh, it's really been a pleasure. I really, really enjoyed this. So thank you so much for this initiative and definitely I'm very happy to, to continue on with that. Hopefully with more and more good news for all of us on further opening and uh, you know, lifting off the travel bans. Absolutely. Well, hopefully we can do these events in person soon. In the meantime, we'll keep it, we'll keep it virtual and hopefully keep everyone connected and updated. Uh, so thank you. Yeah, thanks again, Nadine. Thanks to everyone for joining us and wishing you a, a productive day and uh, uh, happy holidays. Uh, I think it's... Yes, coming up. This is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, and thanks for all the thank yous here in the in the chat box. Uh, really, really nice that you all joined. So super. Yeah, I don't really want to say Merry Christmas yet because to me this feels so far away or Happy Holidays, but it's true. It's around the corner. So I wish all of you a great time off. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll, we'll be uh, connecting again soon, I hope. Take care now. Thank you, Nadine. Ciao, Bye -bye. ciao. <laughs>